climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where together we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to shape a better world, and how educators are utilizing the power of service learning to redesign education. So... We have a fun new format for the show tonight. I'm so excited to introduce you to my co-host, Sophia Gafori. So Sophie is a junior at Potomac School in McLean, Virginia. Um, she is passionate about working towards social justice. Um, she's a writer and editor at InLight, which is a diversity publication dedicated to interrogating injustices and empowering its readers and writers. She's a member of PAVE, which is promoting awareness, victim empowerment, and she's a member of NYLC's Youth Advisory Council. I am so excited to have Sophie join me as co-host. Thank you for being my partner today, Sophie. Um, I'm just going to turn it over to you to introduce our guest today. Yeah, thank you so much, Amy. I'm so excited to be here. Um, we have such an amazing show planned for today. Um, so today we are joined by Dr. Winnie Black from the Pennsylvania Statewide After School Youth Development Network. And joining Dr. Black is Aditya Sarohi. Adi is the founder of Hand for Hand Global, a youth-led organization that connects and inspires the young generation from around the world. He has led over seven service projects to support over 3,000 people, and he is the founder and president of the Artificial Intelligence Club at his high school. Dr. Black, Adi, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you here. Um, Adi, I'd love to start with you before we talk more about all the amazing things happening with Hand for Hand and the Artificial Intelligence Club, I would love for you to share just more about you. And um, would you be able to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a bit about you? Yeah, it's really a pleasure to be here. So my name's uh, Ditya Sarohi. You can also call me Adi for short. I'm currently a senior in high school and I'm very active within my local and school communities. Within school clubs, I'm a member of the Science Olympiad competition team. I've been an active participant since ninth grade. And currently for the last two years, I am the build captain. Um, I'm also a member of peer mediation. It's a really supportive community and where we help ninth graders with their high school transitions, organize school unit events, and we present lessons to second graders. Um, I'm very passionate about computer science and that's why I'm the co-president of the computer science club. And my niche interest in computer science lies within artificial intelligence. Um, I'm currently the, as you mentioned, the founder and president of Artificial Intelligence Club. And then outside of school, I do pursue research in artificial intelligence at the University of Pennsylvania. I'm also the founder of Hand for Hand Global, a youth organization that aims to connect and inspire the young generation from around the world in service projects. Um, it's really a pleasure to be here and thank you. Yeah, yeah, we're so excited to have you here. Um, Adi, would you be able to tell us a bit about Hand for Hand? Um, what's your mission and what do you do? Yeah, so before I got into Hand for Hand, I was operational director for a local TEDx youth group 
um, and the it was the first TEDx youth group within our region. And the main purpose was to spark discussions and really inspire the young generation to converse about topics and issues that they were interested in. And then when the pandemic happened, um, I realized isolation and food insecurity challenges that we were already facing really laid bare. Um, and I realized that, you know, discussion wouldn't be enough. It's a really great first step, but, you know, we really need action. So that's why I founded Hand for Hand. Um, and so in Hand for Hand, we organize various service projects to reach different communities and groups and bring together people in service learning. Some of our projects include food servings and food drives. We've also had cold clothes drives. Um, we've done cards and origamis for seniors, and we've also done pre-recorded concerts. Um, and then our mission in Hand for Hand is really to connect and inspire youth from around the world and empower them to take action. I really have a philosophy that every ripple can make an impact. And what this means for me and for Hand for Hand is that every time a young person takes action towards an issue that they're passionate about, they create a ripple effect. And as thousands and millions of youth come together and have their own ripple, we can really create an ocean of impact. Yeah, that's great, Adi. Thank you so much. Um, I really love your emphasis on empowering young people. I think um, as time goes on, we're really starting to understand how important that is. Um, so in Hand for Hand, how many young people are engaged and how many countries are engaged yeah. with Hand for Hand as well? Yeah, so on Hand for Hand, there's an ongoing project in the works right now called Resiliency. Um, and so the whole theme of resiliency is for students and uh, youth from across the world to record a short video or write a blog detailing kind of the challenges they faced in the pandemic, how they've overcome them, uh, what they've done to stay engaged, stay active, and in new act hobbies that they've picked up, new activities. Uh, and then this and then through this project, I've gotten uh, youth from across uh, multiple states in the United States, and then also five different countries to already submit a recorded video or a written blog. And this work's still in progress, and I'd really like to expand this to multiple countries. Um, and then for the number of youth that I've included and involved, uh, we've done already over 200 young people through our projects. Um, and our mission is to really expand this to a larger number in the thousands. Yeah, that's obviously extremely impressive. Um, I love the variety of initiatives you have and how much you really seek to engage with the youth. That's um, great. Um, so through all this hard work, what impacts have you been able to see because um, for Hand for Hand and what would you like to accomplish in the future? Yeah, so just by the numbers, we've supported over 3,000 people through our service projects. And this number is constantly growing uh, because we have biweekly servings, food servings, and we also have additional projects that we do on top of that. Um, so we have 3,000 people and growing. Uh, we've involved over eight plus local communities within their service projects, either by supporting them or including them in our service learning. And uh, another impact that we've really had is we've uplifted a lot of people and we've empowered the young generation to communicate and really understand what challenges are going around in society and participate in service learning um, when they previously might not have been able to. Um, although we're really a growing organization, um, I'd like to have hand for hand reach a larger scale um, and really amplify our impact. Uh, I know food insecurity 
is really want to make this an issue of the past. Um, you know, one over one third of the food that's really produced is wasted. And I kind of want to emphasize how we need to build a caring community that is very supportive, collaborative, and empathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, um, I just, I absolutely love the way that you're taking um, hand for hand. And I think that you're implementing it in so many different ways. And that's that's really great to see. Um, yeah, that's just extremely impressive. That's um, so I want to go back to, um, I mentioned the artificial intelligence club earlier. Um, so I mentioned how you started that. Um, can you tell us just a bit more about it? Um, what's that, what is that about? Could you? Yeah. So my journey in artificial intelligence, uh, really started in 10th grade. I piqued my interest in artificial intelligence. I found out about this field. I was very intrigued. Um, but unfortunately at my school, really, there wasn't any exposure or accessibility to artificial intelligence. I couldn't take any classes. I couldn't participate in any extracurricular activities. Um, and my school is actually one of the more uh, technically affluent schools within our region, offering a lot of tech classes and computer science classes. And so when the pandemic happened, um, I utilized online resources and classes to explore my interest in artificial intelligence. Um, and then I realized through my online work, how important artificial intelligence is, not only now, but in the future, and really how it's integrating into our daily life. So I started the Artificial Intelligence Club um, because I realized that artificial intelligence is an emerging technology, right? And it can apply to so many diverse interests. Um, I like to say that artificial intelligence doesn't exist in a bubble. Um, and that's the theme of Artificial Intelligence Club, it's to expose students to this technology and show them that you know they can apply artificial intelligence to whatever interests they have. Um, and then we achieve this through hands-on activities. My real motto is not to teach people through a presentation, but to give them the resources and provide them the support to experience it um, for themselves and figure out how they want to integrate it within their own lives and interests. Um, and then we also have monthly guest presenters in Artificial Intelligence Club. These guest presenters are really a unique feature to my school. Um, the, we have had professors come from the University of Pennsylvania, Carnegie Mellon, uh, Mount Sinai, and then other industries. Um, and these presentations cover the diverse applications of artificial intelligence, right? For example, we had a presentation talk about um, automated machine learning and a accessible uh, automated machine learning tool that's being developed for students to really use. And then we also had a professor talk about how business is being impacted by artificial intelligence. Um, and that was my junior year. And then building into senior year, the summer before, I did some research and I found out that 80% of schools in the Philadelphia region uh, don't teach basic computer skills to their students. And this is either due to lacking the expertise or really resources to provide the necessary education um, that students need for the near digital future. And, you know, I realized that uh, when the, the new coming world where, you know, technology is going to integrate into their lives and every single action we take is going to be influenced by some technological component, it's only right that students get early expose, exposure and early access to it. So I founded this initiative called the Teaching Digital Literacy Initiative uh, to ex- really expand beyond my school. And the Teaching Digital Literacy Initiative provides workshops and peer tutoring to combat the, not only the learning loss that happened due to the pandemic, but also continue well beyond the pandemic and you know, make a standard for technological education within our society. I wanted to go back to something you mentioned earlier, how um, you're taking artificial intelligence, something you're passionate about, and um, 
teaching people how they can apply to their own interests. Um, you're obviously very well versed in artificial intelligence. And I know personally, um, I might not have considered that as um, something I might want to look into. But, um, you know, hearing you talk about how people can take something like artificial intelligence, which was something I personally previously thought to be um, something that was extremely specific to certain people and um, use that in so many different terms is so wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really a misconception that people have not only about artificial intelligence, but like computer science itself. A lot of the friends that I talk to often discuss how, you know, they, they, they're interested in artificial intelligence, but they're really afraid to dive into it, um, you know, because it might be too math heavy or it might not apply to their interests. And the same goes for computer science. And I think um, that's a really common misconception that people have. Um, and my mission is really to show people, to show not only the youth, but also adults that, you know, it's a technology that can really be intertwined with any interest or any application. Right. What an amazing first segment. I do have to jump in because we have to take a brief break. Sorry, guys. But when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with today's guests. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice American Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. So welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us, um, we're here today with Adi, the founder of both Hand for Hand and the Artificial Intelligence Club at his school. And joining Adi um, in this segment is Dr. Winnie Black from the Pennsylvania Statewide After School Youth Development Network. Now, Winnie is um, no stranger to the power of young people to change the world. Um, but Winnie, for those who may not have um, met you on the last time you were on the show, can you, can you tell our listeners a little bit about you? Oh, yes. I'm, it's such an honor to be here. I am so excited about this show. And I have to say, 
Uh, Sophie and Audie, uh, you wow me. I mean, I, I feel <laughs> Ditto. a little intimidated. <laughs> so yeah. I. I think but we should I, just turn it all over to them. What yeah, do you think? Maybe, maybe. It might be a, <laughs> more interesting, but I'm going to try to make it a little interesting. Um, I'm originally from Washington, D.C., one of the few natives of D.C. Um, I started in after school when I was 11 years old. Um, at the YMCA, and I worked in Camp Wewacha and Little Beavers. And uh, at the time, of course, I didn't I didn't know really what service learning was, and I was actually doing it with the kids. And I actually moved up through the ranks and became a uh, teen center director and a director, and then spent, uh, I actually wanted to be a professional dancer, did a lot of theater. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, and I spent 35 years in, in higher education, working in student services and doing research and teaching. And then my second career, I came back to after school. And, uh, you know, 80 uh, kids spend 80% of their time out of school time. And um, now these two individuals that we're with today, I mean, they're outstanding. They have it. They know what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Um, the rest of us, you know, um, kind of have an idea. Um, but, you know, the, the bottom line is um, I, I see the future and after school by increasing youth voice and getting youth involved in, in deciding on the programming and uh, and making and making the future come come about through their actions. Oh, I love that, and I'm right there with you. Um, I think about leadership, and um, you know, you surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. Um, you know, and and that's what I feel like I do with the young people that that are part of our organization, part of the the partner organizations that we work with, like yours, and um, just like the level of knowledge and skills is just mind blowing. So I'm right there with you. Um, I would love for you to share more about um, the work that Poseidon does and how you're supporting young people like Adi to take action, um, and and also. Um, I think my, my question within that is how do we let young people know that they're doing service learning? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. And if I really had a great answer, I'd probably win a million dollars. Yes, you would. <laughs> but but uh, I'll start by saying how I got into this whole process, you know, like, at first, when I worked in after school, uh, we had a, a more of like a systems approach where I'd work with after school staff, you know, training them in all kinds of subjects, including service learning. Mm-hmm. That was our first round and having them implement service learning projects at the sites and, you know, having the, the leaders at directors and direct staff provide the leadership. And what I found is that it, it, you know, they lacked confidence and that they had trouble getting uh, kiddos involved and, and active. So what I decided was that after being in the field, particularly in Philadelphia and working with fifth graders mm-hmm. um, on a, a National Science Foundation grant, I realized that what I need to do is help these kiddos build the skills that they need to be successful in any place, college and career readiness. And through uh, service learning, entrepreneurship, STEM, and leadership, 
they can develop everything that they need. So it, it was just obviously right in front of my face. It was just a matter of letting these kids talk, start to solve problems, working teams, and decide like what in their community is important and why they should invest their time. So they were doing they were doing the service learning process without without me even doing anything. <laughs> uh, and all I had to do was take a, a couple videos and show them, talk to them about service learning and making sure that they reflect at the end. And mm-hmm. it was just a natural thing. That's wonderful. Yeah. It, I just always come back to how many people say like they didn't know they were doing service learning when really mm-hmm. they were. And, um, you know, as a, as the service learning organization that NYLC is, it's like, obviously, you know, we love the connection to entrepreneurship, to those social emotional skills, the youth leadership skills, all of those benefits that service learning has for young people, but also the engagement that we get because of it. So um, I just appreciate all of the work that you do to support young people. And, um, you know, Adi is like just an amazing example of mm-hmm. just the the knowledge and skills that are coming out of programs across Pennsylvania. So thank you for being on the show. And I think I get to kick it back over to Sophie, who has some more questions. Can I just add, I want to add one additional thing here. Um, During the pandemic, what we really saw are people like Adi uh, across the state, kiddos across the state, teens across the state, that were creating these projects to help their communities. And from that, we decided to develop a youth voice coalition, which uh, teens from um, now, I think we're gonna extend it to grade eight, grade eight uh, through graduation that um, are, feel that policy and advocacy are important. And they exhibit this by doing service learning within their communities and building, we're going to start a service learning coalition across the state. And then if, if any of our listeners are interested, uh, you know, you, you can feel free to contact me and we will get you in our service learning coalition. But the point is, is that uh, we have to help everyone around the state understand the importance of helping their communities and take action. Exclamation point, exclamation point. And um, if you need to get connected, um, you can always email info, info at nylc.org, and I'll make sure you get connected to Winnie. Um, and we also have uh, a link to their organization on our website. So awesome. Thank you, Winnie. Sophie, back to you. Yeah. Um, so, Audie, I'm going to bring it back to you. Um, you've expressed your your passions and your mission. and um, how have you really been able to realize your vision for this work? And has there been anyone who supported you in making this a reality? Yeah. So I think the, by the way I started realizing what I really wanted to do, not only with my interest in artificial intelligence, but kind of like my passion towards community service was really thinking about the future, right? Like I had these interests, how could I like really implement them and create some positive change, really deliberating about what I wanted my actions to mean and how I wanted them to influence society. And I really, uh, combined like my interest in artificial intelligence and service through like the artificial intelligence club and hand for hand. I think that's helped me understand not only my interests, but also figure out why and how I want to contribute to the community. And I think 
to go into your second question about who supported me along the way, uh, there's a really, really long list. Um, I think I found a really supporting community uh, where I live and within the Philadelphia region. I think it all started at home with my mother, who at the beginning initially was there along my journey, especially when I was trying to initiate my ideas to tangible actions. Um, and then going along the way, the youth that have actually joined me, my project leaders in Hand for Hand, Hiroki and Elena, uh, they've been a really instrumental part in driving Hand for Hand. Um, and especially it's always about the volunteer and active youth participants. The, without them, you know, none of these organizations that I, I'm a part of can really function to the capacity that they do. So I'm really grateful for that. And then all the other youth organizations that I'm that have supported me and the other organizations, local community service organizations, restaurants, all alike. Um, and then to wrap it all up into this big list of people, I think my school has been really supportive, especially with Artificial Intelligence Club. It was a a struggle initially to initiate contacts and set up workshops just because, you know, I'm a young student and, you know, it's often a lot of credibility, right? Like you haven't had the as much experience as an adult has. So I think my uh, administrative staff, like Dr. Amy Meisinger, Dr. Jolly, and then my aunt club advisor, Dr. Zachary Mrs. Zachary have really pushed me and um, really helped me along the way. Mm -hmm. I think something that's um, really standing out to me is your obvious passion um, for both artificial intelligence and service learning. I absolutely love the way you took two things that are so completely different in so many ways and took your passion for them and combined them into something, um, into two, you know, very effective, um, very impactful things. Um, I think that when working with something that you're especially passionate about, I think that really, um, that really creates a situation where you can have a much bigger impact. And, um, I'm just really impressed by that. That's great. Roddy. Um, so what have you learned about the need for young people to share their ideas and take action on issues they care about? Yeah, uh, this is a really great question. Uh, I love this question. Um, I like to say that we live in a generation of potential, uh, and this means a lot of things. Uh, but, you know, we have so many technologies like artificial intelligence, robotics that are really paving the way for the future. We also have multiple other opportunities like personalized medicine, um, just to name a few. Uh, but there are also so many challenges and issues that the world faces, right? Uh, you know, some of the major ones include food source stressors, right? Uh, plastic pollution, climate change, the digital divide, poverty, right? There's an extensive list, but, um, you know, we are the generation of potential. And I think if youth voices are heard and if youth really rise up to the occasion, and share their ideas, share their interests, and then uh, address the challenges that we're facing right now, I think we'll be able to really, all these challenges we face will really become uh, challenges of the past, uh, you know, and where the future goes is really up to the youth. And if they advocate, especially starting from an early age, they'll build up, as Winnie has said earlier, the skills and experiences, um, you know, because 10 years, five years from now, it's our generation that's going to be the leaders, presidents, um, CEOs, right? Researchers. And I think if we start early and we dedicate to service, I think we'll lead to a path that society, to a really beneficial path for society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that something that really stood out to me that you said was, um, I think helping the way that you're helping youth realize the potential of their impact is really great. I think that's definitely the first step. I think, um, some people aren't aware of what they have the ability to do. And um, it's so impressive and I think so great that you're helping people understand that. Um, so what has been the most, the most rewarding part of all this work you're doing 
And what skills or experiences have had the greatest impact on the young leaders who you are working with? I think the most um, rewarding part of my work has to definitely be the interactions and memories that I've accumulated from my experiences. Really, I've always been greeted with enthusiasm and received tremendous support from the people around me. And, you know, for example, I always like to share this story because it's really personal and it's really touching. Um, and it was in a hand for hand serving a couple months back. And it was a really cold and rainy day. Um, and then one person saw our serving and came up and asked us, uh, like, are we doing this for free? Uh, why we were doing it? Um, and to get to the point, he was he was he had been homeless and he told us how. Uh, his local church and other organizations had helped provide him a meal and kind of removed the concern of, you know, finding the next food, not going hungry for a night. And, you know, this, this support enabled him to rise uh, up to the occasion when it came and escape poverty. And I think this really just shows how even when you don't see it, your actions can really create monumental impact within, within not only your local community, but like elsewhere. And I think that's been really the most memorable part and the most cherished part of my um, service within Hand for Hand and a Artificial Intelligence Club. And that's then, great, Adi. Thank you so much. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. And then quickly wrapping up the skills and experiences that I think have the greatest impact on young leaders, I definitely have to say it's just the experience and initiative that when you participate in youth like these after school programs and whatnot, or any community service organization, it's literally the leadership and initiative that you get and experience you get from, you know, like interacting with people in need, identifying challenges that we currently face, and really just getting inspired to tackle anything that um, I think help make young leaders stand out and really make an impact. Thank you, Audie, thank you. What an amazing segment. Thank you, Winnie and Audie and Sophie. Um, we're gonna take another quick break and then when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with today's guests. So stay with me, Amy Muirs and Sophie on the power of young people to change the world, Voice American Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. 
Welcome back, everyone. I want to jump right back into our conversation, Adi. Adi, can you explain why you focus on artificial intelligence? Are there challenges within this field you want to address? And what is the future implication of this technology? Yeah, um, I think I believe artificial intelligence can really drive change at an exponential rate and redefine our approach to the solutions that we take to you know, addressing a lot of the problems that we face currently. Um, and I think we've only touched the tip of the iceberg right now in terms of artificial intelligence. I think there's so much more potential that we're yet to unlock. Uh, you know, there's so many diverse applications that I've already touched on. You know, for example, uh, artificial intelligence is helping doctors identify diseases like cancer faster and more effectively than we ever could have before, making like prevention really a easy task. Um, there's also applications in art, business, autonomous vehicles like Tesla, making self-driving cars, even in Mars, like the most bizarre applications of artificial intelligence. The little rovers that are zooming around on Mars are actually powered by artificial intelligence, which I think is really interesting. But um, even with so much potential, there are also a lot of challenges that artificial intelligence faces currently. And I think the biggest is in terms of ethics, uh, like you were mentioning earlier, right? Like there's always, like you always thought artificial intelligence, a lot of people still think that artificial intelligence is really only for like a small niche group. And currently it is, right? There's a small group who have a lot of experience within this field that control the development and progress and policy decisions that are being made. And because artificial intelligence is data driven, it really requires diversity and inclusion, um, because if we don't have that, a lot of biases are propagated throughout the data and you have models that, you know, aren't fully representative of the world that we live in, uh, you know, the uh, face recognition that's really common within our phones. Uh, it's actually by it was biased towards lighter skin complexions just because of the data that was fed into it right. Um, but uh, even though it's there's a lot of challenges, I think, you know, if this field is diversified, especially through projects that I'm leading and a lot of other organizations like Girls Who Code um, and AI for All, I think we can have a lot more people advocating uh, and, and, you know, ensuring that the negative effects of biases are really mitigated, right? So we don't have to worry about models going rogue or having inbuilt, pre-built biases, right? And this will enable us to turn artificial intelligence into something that we can progress faster with, and you know we'll face less challenges along the way. And that'll really help us wield artificial intelligence for the betterment of mankind, uh, wherever we apply it. Yeah, I think that's an extremely essential connection you've made. I'm so glad you've made it um, because I think it's so important. Um, I think you know, like you're mentioning, I think artificial intelligence is really, and just technology in general is really taking over our world more and more as time goes on. And um, I think making those connections as um, people are starting to become more aware of being um, you know, more socially aware, I think that making the connections between these two defining parts of um, the world right now is extremely important. Um, so how, you know, we, me and you are both in high school now and yeah. we've been experiencing the pandemic and all of its effects. Um, how is the, the pandemic pandemic impacted your work with artificial intelligence and what challenges have you faced and how have you overcome them? Yeah, I think uh, the pandemic has just been really hard for all students um, just because of the situation schooling. Uh, and I think challenges for artificial intelligence, my work in artificial intelligence really presented themselves in two ways, especially relating back to Artificial Intelligence Club. One was just getting an idea off the ground and really initiating the club. Uh, this was 
really big a challenge in this beginning. And then I think another challenge is really engaging members, um, either through Artificial Intelligence Club or teaching digital literacy and raising awareness about technology and its impact in the world. Uh, coming, going back to uh, initiating the club, uh, I know back in August when school started again, you know, we were, a lot of schools were virtual. Um, There's teachers very uncertain about their commitments as were students, right? No one really knew how clubs would operate, how the school would look in the future, even not even like within a couple of months, but like the next few weeks, how that would look for school. And I think this led to a lot of challenges with finding an advisor for the club. Um, you know, after a month of emailing teachers and communicating with the principal, uh, the activities director, I finally found Miss um, Akashemni. She was very supportive and lend you with the idea uh, and then decided to take on Artificial Intelligence Club. Um, and then moving on to like engaging members and raising awareness, I think, you know, the, it's really created a challenge because it's very easy, um, as I've experienced, probably a lot of other students have experienced to like log into like a Zoom call and really just get lost in something else, right? You're not actually there. It's very hard to, you know, stare at a computer screen for an extended period of time. Um, and I think that presented a really major challenge. And I've tried to overcome it by making art something in artificial artificial intelligence clubs activities uh, in general be very hands-on and you know i like to say experiential learning because i want students to play with the technology and experience it and then that's how i want them to learn um, and i think virtual platforms have been a challenge but also really been a blessing in a sense um, because they've provided an opportunity to you know invite guest presenters like i've mentioned before that really would not have been possible beforehand, right? Uh, monthly guest presenters through a virtual platform has been amazing, right? We've been able to involve students from other clubs, uh, really initiate discussions. Uh, it's really hard for especially working professionals to come in midday um, and then talk to a group of high school students that might be like 20, 30 minute drive away. So I think the virtual platform has really been also a blessing in that sense. Yeah, I love that you've been able to take something that I know I experienced the same thing. Being on Zoom can be, it's extremely hard to engage. And I love that you've taken that and you've turned it into something positive in so many ways. Yeah, totally. I think, I think the hardest part about the virtual environment is, you know, it's it seems like a little bit of a disconnect, right? Like, for example, I'm sitting through my class, my teacher's camera's on, my camera's on. Uh, sometimes my camera's not off. I've been guilty of that, too. <laughs> but, you know, I think even though you're seeing each other, you're not really feeling that physical presence. And I think that can just make it very challenging to engage and find what you're learning yeah. or doing interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing conversation. And I want to just jump back in and ask Dr. Black, um, you know, uh, Adi's really like hit home, like the, the engagement strategies around with young people and addressing the issues around the pandemic. And I'm wondering if you can share some of your thinking about bringing more service learning experiences to youth across your state, um, along with why you believe in using service learning with young people. Sure. Thank you. Great question. Um, you know, first, I want to thank NYLC for providing us with another grant and um, also thank Mott, uh, the Mott Foundation, Overdeck mm -hmm. Foundation uh, and STEM Next for really supporting us and understanding that service learning needs to be an integral part of everything that we do in after school. So, um, 
I really think that we're we're going to do a variety of things to expand the capacity of quality service learning across Pennsylvania. We're going to continue our work with the Youth Voice Coalition, recruiting youth across the state, and then having them mentor with our um, STEM ambassadors. We have a STEM ambassador program, and they also, in most cases, do service learning projects. And so it's really great that we're going to increase this mentorship between these educators, business folks, uh, and uh, nonprofit uh, leaders. And um, so through this mentorship, we, I hope that we'll build additional pro- projects. We also have the development of this service learning coalition, as I mentioned, so that we get the word about service learning out to all the communities, Hopefully, we'll have a lot of new partners, and it'll be great. And then um, I think um, my visioning is that we need to do more multi-generational service Mm -hmm. learning, uh, very much like Audie is doing with Hand for Hand. So um, I want to reach out through families and um, maybe even a low-income housing project. I'm looking for the right uh, mix where we can do a whole host of service learning projects. And then lastly, we'll have our service learning fairs every year where we'll have the youth um, create and run a fair where they can uh, highlight their projects and bring uh, people, businesses, and other folks in the community in to hear about what they're doing. That sounds amazing. And um, I love that you said that we need to understand that service learning needs to be part of all of our programs. I think when you look at the impact that it's had um, with so many young people, it's just so important that we see that that connection to learning um, is part of the service experience. Um, you know, we've we've had an amazing opportunity to hear Adi and Sophie um, um, talk today. And I'm wondering kind of your takeaway, what you're learning, um, what you've learned from Adi about changing the world. Well, first of all, I learned from Adi on how to really communicate with with, uh, today's teens. He and I have had a couple discussions about, (laughs) you know, what works and what doesn't. You know, I'm 66 years old. And so, you know, I think I'm pretty hip, but I'm not. I'm not, I'm not 16. We're still cool, right? Yeah, right, right. Well, I, I think some, it's like, it's like the smell of a baby. Maybe, you know, some of that youthfulness will rub off on me. But, um, you know, I, I look at the way he, he's run his projects and actually Poseidon with NYLC Money has funded, um, one of, funded his uh, teaching digital literacy program and we hope to continue to fund it because it's such a great project so we see his um project management skills how he recruits because recruiting is so important i you know um i find every time that um you know that we need to get more girls and and um and youth of color involved so uh service learning is just a great way to recruit young women because they all want to help their communities. They think, oh my God, I can't do STEM. I can't be an entrepreneur. I can't, I can't create a project that's going to help my community and maybe make money. But you know, they come up with the best ideas. And we're getting many more girls and, and youth of color involved. So this is just really exciting. And if we can get all youth involved and have and have um, all teachers and educators and businesses and everyone in the community understand this, we will have a powerful statement. Absolutely. And 
you know, previously you had talked about that connection to business, to nonprofit leaders, to young people, and that connection to education. And, you know, when you when you're hitting all of those buttons, we can do nothing but be successful. You know, um, young people are dynamic champions of being able to find solutions and address the issues that are happening in their community. And Adi is a perfect example of that. Um, We do have to take one last short break, but when we come back, we'll get some final reflection from today's guests. So stay with Sophia and I on the power of young people to change the world. Um, Remember, you can follow the show on social media at NYLCORG or find us at NYLC.org. We'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual Spring National Service Learning Conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. In our last few minutes, I would love to get some final reflections. I'm starting with you, Adi. Would you be able to tell us why should after-school programs engage young people in tackling community issues through service learning? What impact do you think it would have if everyone did it? Yeah, I think as a high school student, it can often be challenging to find the support and resources necessary to initiate service projects and you know uh, any service learning opportunities. And I think after school organizations are really the perfect emblem of you know support resources, skills, and kind of like expertise that you know can help students learn about civic engagement and increase their involvement. And I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of need in society to address them. And I think groups like the YSA, Poseidon, um, Global Youth Mobilization, which has recently funded our Teaching Digital, Liter- Teaching Digital Literacy Project with a grant. Um, I think all these organizations, including um, the NAT, uh, all these organizations can really help connect youth and push civic engagement. And I think 
pushing civic engagement and increasing service involvement, like has like we've discussed earlier, could lead to a lot of success even outside the service learning realm. Really, like academically, you know, you learn empathy, collaboration, and I think if all the students and a lot of youth would participate in service learning and after school organizations, we'd really have a collective effort where we could change, um, create change and better the community at a scale far greater than we are currently. So, you know, if you're out there and you're listening, I think it's a really great way to get involved and learn a lot of excellent skills and give back to your community. Yeah, I love, I love that you're sharing that message. Um, definitely the first step is awareness. I think that's where everything begins. That's how people gain the ability to make that change, like the change that you're making. I think that that came from that awareness. Um, so I'm actually going to switch it over to Winnie now. Winnie, what advice do you have for educators who want to engage in service learning in their programs? Well, number one, involve your youth. Find out what they feel is going on in their communities and what their focus needs to be, and then help support that. And then mm -hmm. it and then really have them, uh, you know, as a leader, think about building the, you know, the social emotional learning skills, etiquette, um, you know, employability skills or 21st century skills, and they'll you and your youth will develop all of those in this process. So um, get involved with your youth and uh, support them and make it happen. Yeah, I think those adult youth partnerships are so important. Um, I think they really make all the difference. And I think um, personally, I've talked on um, being on the being on the youth leadership council. I've been able to have a lot of those adult partnerships and they really make all the difference. And I think um, really changing how people look at those relationships and turning them into something more positive where previously, I think um, they have been seen in negative context in some ways, because I think they're um, I think in some instances, adults can tend to take over. Um, and I think that just really nurturing those relationships is really important, um, especially with between educators um, and youth. Um, Audie, I want to go back to you. What do you hope for the future of Hand for Hand and artificial intelligence, and how will you continue to lift up the power of young people? Oh, yeah, there's so much I could talk about uh, within these organizations. Um, I think my main goal in the future would definitely have to be to upscale my efforts. Um, you know, I have reached a lot of young people and I've supported a lot of people, but there's always more. And, you know, uh, until everyone's involved and until, you know, a lot of the challenges from society are gone, you know, you really can't rest. And so I think that's my goal. And I'll, I'll really take these activities with me as I move on to college. And I think college, the resources that I really find in college are going to be unparalleled to what I've really had access to before. Because I think it's a really big emphasis as you're really in that point of your life, you know, it's like giving back, learning what you're interested in. I think I'll be able to amplify the efforts that I've already made, um, you know, not only supporting the community that I've come from, but also supporting the community that I'll go to, right? And I think that's one of my major goals is really upscaling and bringing these projects with me. Um, and then I really want to inspire young people as I've already done. And I really want to show them that, you know, you don't need to be experienced, right? Like you don't have to be the founder of an organization as I've done, right? Like you don't need to have all these really big expertise. You don't need to have like all the crazy skill sets that people like, you know, you'd expect someone. It all, all it takes is really just an idea, right? Um, I know you could probably speak to this too, but like, you know, if you have a vision, if there's something you really care about, I, I want to show youth that 
you can act on upon that, right? You can find an organization that's working, um, right? Like for hand-free artificial intelligence, right? You can find an organization like that, uh, get involved in it. I mean, if you can't, or if you really want to do something niche or something new, you know, you can create your own organization. Um, when I started out, right, I didn't have all the experiences. You know, I started off from scratch, right? And all it took was an idea. And, you know, that's led to me uh, helping thousands of people. And I want to take that idea to help millions of people. Um, so, yeah, it, all it takes is really just an idea. And um, I really want to show youth that they don't have to be as experienced as like a professional CEO. They don't have to be the founder of like five organizations. Um, an ordinary person can involve in service learning and make some monumental impact in the world. Thank you, Adi. I love that you're pointing out um that you know all all it takes is an idea i think there's so many misconceptions surrounding what it takes um to create that change and i'm so glad you're pointing that out um i'm gonna go ahead and close us up now dr black audi thank you so much for joining us today for sharing your passion and your journey with us and for everything you were doing to support young people and to help them make positive change in the world it was so wonderful to listen to you thank you so much um, you can learn more and take action with the Pennsylvania Statewide After School Youth Development Network by, visit by visiting their website. Um, check out handforhandglobal.com to learn more about Audie's work. I also want to mention if you're an after school educator working with young people who would like to use service learning as a strategy in your programming, visit NYLC's store and download any of our engaged handbooks on issues like gender equity, education equity, climate change, peace building, and more. Um, these resources are designed for middle school and high school students in after-school programs or non-conforming classrooms. Young people investigate the issue within their community, plan and prepare on how they wanna address the issue. They take action, demonstrate their learning and results while reflecting throughout their experience. We call this service learning. A huge thank you to the Charles Stewart Mott Foundation for their support in the creation of these resources and NYLC's work with the statewide after-school networks. Next week, we will have another inspiring show for you. Joining us will be three winners of this year's Gloria Barron Prize. These amazing young leaders are, the, are making a huge impact. You're not going to want to miss it. So mark your calendars for Thursday at 6 o'clock EST. I'm just going to repeat that website one more time for the Pennsylvania Statewide After School Youth Development Network, which is www.psaydn.org. So mark your calendars again for Thursday at 6 o'clock EST. And until next week, join us as we serve, learn, change the world. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the power of young people to change the world. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve learn, change the world.